Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Hey, and welcome. Hey, we oh. did make it back. Yes, contrary <laughs> we to did. popular belief, we're here. Uh, welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Uh, and uh, a great guest for you, a terrific food poll and... Uh, you know, all the other stuff that we normally do. I'm very excited to have Cal Wilson as our guest on the show this week. Yes, because on Binge and Foxtel, the new series that mm. she's involved with, uh, which is uh, continuing on, that's the new cast of the uh, the series, uh, began this week. The Great Australian Bake Off. And that started, I reckon, with Shane Jacobson. Yeah, it did, all Shane. those years ago. And as Cal will tell us, it is the best television job in the world for yeah, obvious is. reasons. Yeah, it is. A bit of taste testing wait, involved. Wait till you hear her job description. <laughs> it is absolutely perfect and there are seven million people lined also, up. Also, she, uh, she takes us on a trip down comedy memory lane at some of the uh, the best and the worst gigs she's ever performed at. It is hilarious. The Great Australian Bake Off, this is the sixth series or the yeah. seventh series, depending on which particular release that you, uh, that you look at. It's so it's Cal, it's uh, Darren Purchase, who's yes. been on the program before, uh, it's Rachel, Rachel Koo, and Natalie Tran. So it's a good little cast, and it uh, started this week, so we'll talk to Cal in just a tick. And <laughs> the food poll is – now, this is really different, I reckon, I've set us. the popcorn amongst the pigeons, haven't I, here, yes. Kevin? The, the, they that, can that have it. <laughs> multicoloured movie time popcorn oh. up against – and you'll remember this. Everyone will remember the uh, lollygobble bliss bombs. Oh, oh. The caramel-coated – Popcorn. Sensational oh, ads. The yeah. ads were great. I remember. I remember being on a radio station and, and getting boxes of it come in yeah. because we were giving it away with the cold cans. It's of coke. pretty Moorish stuff, and it was just it was everywhere, and that's all you could smell. And it has elicited oh. some really funny responses. Yes. Uh, now speaking Probably. of funny, Cal Wilson is funny and uh, entertaining and engaging, and here she is on Food Bites. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. The oven mitts are off. Uh, let's go. Are you any good? Are you any good in the kitchen, Cal Wilson, or what? Well, I thought I was. I thought I was a great baker, and then I uh, did the first episode of um, Bake Off and went, "Oh, I'm an adequate baker." <laughs> <laughs> so, a baker. Uh, what kind of things? Cakes. Oh, you know, like um, like gingerbread and uh, muffins. I always have this this thing like whenever we have people over for like coffee or anything, I always make lemon muffins because we've got a lemon tree in our garden. Um, so sort of like, you know, like nice comforting biscuity kind of cakey things. That's that's my forte. <laughs> well, then you've certainly landed in the right place uh, for the, the latest series of The Great Australian Bake Off. I mean, that's uh, such an exciting thing uh, for you. And you said you've already done the first episode. How's the adventure feeling and going so far? Oh, it's just a dream job. Like all, all I have to do is um, make jokes and steal cake. So it's perfect, right? <laughs> Hang on. How did I not get that job? I'm, a, I'm very qualified for that. <laughs> yeah, it's just a dream. Everybody that works on the show loves working on the show, like all the crew and everything. Like everyone just – it's such a beautiful, uplifting show to make, so it is, it's a real pleasure. And it's such a supportive environment too. I mean, everyone's so invested in what everyone else is doing and supporting yeah. what uh, what everyone else is doing. Yeah, that's what, what what I really loved seeing was like, you know, if a baker was sort of under the pump, like another baker would come in and, and give them a hand or a suggestion. Like there was lots of – they were all in it together, which I really loved. Like it really was a – I mean, I guess they became a bit like family because you've got 12 people who are having an experience that no other people are having. Like, you know, you're in this kind of 
uh, you're under pressure, but you're doing something that you love with other people who are having the experience for the first time with you as well. Like it's a real, it's a real bonding experience. I think. Do you have uh, expertise outside of baking in the kitchen? What, what does that mean exactly? <laughs> <laughs> are you asking me if I have life skills? <laughs> well, I'm asking you if you know you're married and you've got a teenage son, and is this are you good in the kitchen when it comes to you know the everyday kind of meat and three veg? Oh, and- yeah, it's it's pretty ordinary. Um, I'm I'm a bit like an ordinary cook, I think, but my husband's pretty good. Uh, he worked at Sizzler as a teenager, <laughs> and so he's really good. He's really good at like steaks and stuff like that. So um, he's probably better on your on your um, your first course, and I'm better on the dessert. Well, he probably has the secret recipe for those massive, humongous uh, pieces of white bread that had the uh, the neon orange cheese on them. Well, these are the, see, because I didn't grow up with this because I didn't grow up in Australia, but everyone talks about the garlic bread, mm-hmm. like the cheesy garlic bread. So, yeah, I, I, I think he does know the secret, but I've never asked for it. So maybe I should actually inquire. <laughs> yes, we're very big on smorgasbord dining back in the, <laughs> the 80s here. So, Cal, growing up in New Zealand, what, uh, what are your memories of childhood? What kind of food was on the table? Oh, it was, it was sort of um, – oh, actually, look, I come from uh, great bakers. I do. My grandmother on my dad's side was an amazing baker, and whenever um, she'd come and visit, it was always like uh, empty the tins or what are the t- how are the tins like? Do you need the tins filling? And she'd always come with biscuits and sponge cake and stuff that she'd made. Uh, and my other grandmother made this incredible um, Christmas cake, which was you know how Christmas cakes have fruit in them. This was just all fruit, and I'm not sure how much cake there was. Like there's essentially an enormous amount of alcohol holding things together and, and I'm not sure I'm not sure that any flour made it in. Like it was always sort of uh distilled alcoholic fruit. Um so and, and mum was like a good um good cook, not necessarily adventurous, but she did do a course, uh, like a night course when I was at primary school at the local school and learnt to do things like um I think she did teriyaki chicken or something for the first time like this is like in the seventies, so so and, and um I think like chicken with white wine, like it was all it was very mm-hmm. for the time it was stepping out of the comfort zone. Right. <laughs> Have you got a signature dish that you whip up in the kitchen that uh, you know uh, is your go to one when you need to? Ah, uh, probably yeah. I do like a I do like a stir fry um like rice thing with chicken and you know that um sweet soy sauce that ketchup mini. Like it's sort of mm. a stir, stir fry is probably my go-to, I'd say. Yeah, stand-up comedy is a bit like being in the rock and roll industry. You tend to do late-night gigs and all that sort of stuff. Uh, the, the, the eating on the road was that ever has that ever been an issue for you? Yeah, it's kind of like I when I started out, I could never eat before a show because I was so nervous. But then uh, when I started going on the road with the, the Melbourne International Comedy Festival Road Show, and you go all around. Australia, so lots of tiny towns, country towns, and things tend to close at seven o'clock at night. So I got into the habit of, oh no, I, I can I can absolutely slam a, a chicken palmer before I go on stage because <laughs> if you wait till after the show, nothing is open. Um, but yeah, there's definitely been like I remember going to one place. I think it was Port Perry, and Damien Callanan is a vegetarian, 
And he asked at the pub, which was the, the place that we could eat, he said, Is it, have you got anything vegetarian? And she went, yeah, it's up on the board, chicken stir fry. <laughs> <laughs> Just remove the chicken. <laughs> yeah, 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 don't think about it too much, you'll be fine. <laughs> Cal, I've always thought about um, stand-up comedy as, as being something that requires quite a lot of uh, bravery because you're, you're there, you're putting yourself out in front of some, what can be some pretty harsh uh, Harsh critics. Would that be a fair reflection of, of what it's yeah. like? Yeah, it can be. And it, it all depends what sort of, um, like, you know, like we do corporate gigs and things, and they're really different shows from if you're doing a, a lineup at a pub or if you're doing your own festival show. So there's all sorts of different circumstances. The, probably the, the worst gig experiences I've had have been um, corporate events over the years. Mm. I started out. I started out doing um, improv, so like theatre sports, when I was in New Zealand, and we had this notorious gig that I talk about all the time. It's still my worst ever gig. I think like twenty five years later, and it was for a chicken factory, and it was their uh, it was their Christmas dinner, and they'd hired us as an improv company to come and entertain their workers. But we found out afterwards that the reason that they'd booked entertainment was that they were trying to slow the drinking down. Oh, no. Uh, oh, and oh. so so it was for all the factory workers, and the party started at 4 o'clock, and we got there at 5 o'clock to do our set, and it was already too late. Like, they were already <laughs> extremely drunk, and there was a bad vibe in the room because they they were the chicken processors, and what their um, what the company had given them for their Christmas dinner was – just platters of chicken drumsticks. Oh, my God. So, so, so they were so, angry. They were an angry mob. Yeah, oh, very angry. Angry and probably really hungry because they probably wouldn't want to eat chicken drumsticks again. Um, <laughs> but so they put our little stage, it was just a couple of pallets on the floor right in front of the bar so that we were literally physically blocking access to the bar. But it didn't stop people because they would just walk up between us and order another jug of beer and then then leave again and it's just, just it, 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 there, I mean there are things that I cannot tell you on a podcast that were said by <laughs> audience members um, but it just got to the point where they'd finally had enough of us on our wacky theatre sports and they just started pelting us with chicken drumsticks oh, <laughs> so, so, so we left we left the room under a hail of like drumstick fire <laughs> <laughs> jumped in the car and drove away. It was really, it was, it was very traumatic at the time. But like now, I just regret that we didn't catch any of the chicken. Like we should have at least caught some of the chickens, but we left empty-handed. Oh goodness, That's extraordinary! Man. That is amazing. Hey, you were a world, weren't you a world championship uh, team, New Zealand? Yeah, yeah. Like 1994, I think we went over to LA and and had this amazing tournament with a bunch of other you know, people from, I think, eight different countries or something like that. And it was really, it was just really fun. It was such a great, improv was such a great grounding for stand-up because yeah. it teaches you to be unafraid. Like, if you forget what you're going to say, you just keep talking until you remember what you were going to say. And it, it makes it really easy to interact with the audience. So I look back at that time and, like, connections and friends that I made on that trip especially as being such a uh, a beautiful grounding for the career that I've had ever since. Like it's, yeah, it's, um, I mean, bad improv is the worst thing you've ever seen, but great improv is, there's nothing like it. It yeah. is so, um, it's so amazing to sit there and know that only that room got to experience that moment. Like that moment will never happen again, but we all made it happen together on stage. And yeah, it's, it's got a real joy to it. 
Cal, we've had several people on this uh, podcast who have spent time uh, in the jungle, as you uh, did yourself. And uh, mm-hmm. the common the common um, summary of that time is that it's a lot harder than it looks. Um, and I just wondered, reflecting on your time uh, in the jungle, what was it like for you and, and what did you miss the most? Um, I missed my family the most. The, the hardest part was not being able to talk to my husband and son. And every night I would lie in my bunk and I would go over in my head the things of that day that I wanted to tell Chris and Zigby about. And then by the next night, there's been overwritten by a whole other day's worth of extraordinary mm. <laughs> circumstances. But I really loved it. Like I was really, I, I went in thinking I'm just going to endure it for as long as I can. And, you know, and, and if I get out early, that's fine, but I, I'll just kind of grip my teeth and bear it. And I actually found it to be a really, um, transformative experience. Mm. It really, um, I think, too, coming as it did at a time in lockdown when we've been, you know, in Melbourne in lockdown and out of lockdown and in lockdown again, and it's been going on for so long, and it was towards the end of that. And so it was just a real treat to actually talk to different people. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but also, we had no other distractions. We couldn't get on our phones. There was nothing to read. There was nothing to watch. All we could do was be there in that place together and get to know each other. And as adults, I don't think we get opportunities to form friendships in the way we did when we were younger. So, you know, like say we meet each other and we have a great time and then we're like, oh, we must catch up for coffee. And then six months later, we catch up for coffee and then we see each other at a gig and another six months. And But that for that time, it was just like three weeks together in one place, getting to know each other, all having this bonkers experience together, which is, you know, as we were talking about before, it's a real bonding experience when you go through something like that with people. And so, like, if it had never gone to air, I still would have got my money's worth out of the experience. Like, it was mm. just, um, it was so unexpected to me. There were gross parts. I mean, I had to eat more animal genitalia than I was anticipating <laughs> in my lifetime. <laughs> but I just made some really beautiful friends and friendships out of it, and it showed me that I was way more resilient than I thought I was. So it was really, I mean, it sounds like I've joined a cult, but I really, <laughs> I'm really grateful for the experience. I was talking to Zico the other day and he was saying a similar thing, that it was just like this amazing reset where it just made me kind of reflect on how lucky I've been with the career that I've had and that I continue to have. And, you know, I met all these amazing people that I'd have no other reason to hang out with and just, yeah, left with a whole lot of great mates. Yeah, it is almost like an interesting social type of experiment because you're thrown yeah. into one one place with uh, all sorts of different people, all different ages, all different walks of life, from sport, from entertainment, uh, from all sorts of areas, and yet you all seem to to uh, to get along uh, quite well. I mean, there you are with, um, you know, Nathan Buckley passes out and uh, I remember seeing how concerned and, and, and upset oh. you were and everybody else yeah. was in camp. And then, like, I remember, like, once we had established that he was all fine, yeah. going, now I understand why people cry on reality shows. <laughs> because, <laughs> because it is such an intense experience. We've been there for three days, and Nathan is such a fit guy. And so, like, he's like a, I don't know, he's like the kind of camp dad and such a strong person to see him fall like that. And also, you know, he fell quite near some rocks. And so it was a kind of, well, that could have been really bad sort of situation. And also we're in this weird situation. We're missing our families. We're like, what have we done? And yeah, everyone just lost their mind. Yeah. It was yeah, it was a it was a big time. 
No culinary delights you took from the jungle to bring back and put on the plate for, you know, the family uh, after you finished? Uh, no, but I kind of learned a few things. So Poe, our beautiful Poe was our um, our chef, and so she she made amazing meals for us out of the weird stuff that we got out of the flying bag. Mm. And uh, <laughs> we all just thought she was amazing, but it turned out she'd sneaked salt in, so she had, she had pocket salt, she was calling it. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> she was just hysterical at how we all thought she was just so amazing and we didn't realise that she was actually salting the food. <laughs> like, oh. what a difference it made with that extra flavour. But I think, um, like, I, I tried everything, like, because, like, when else am I going to eat crocodile tail or those weird little soupy chickens that are, have black mm. flesh, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I probably won't ask for them again. I won't. They won't be my go-to. <laughs> but, yeah, it was just, I tried everything. Like, why not? I'm, I'm only going to be doing this once. <laughs> yeah, hey, uh, Cal, uh, given the, the life that you have, you know, busy filming, being on set, uh, do you need? are you a coffee drinker? Do you need a coffee to get you going of a morning? Look, I love coffee, but it gives me migraines. Oh, so nice. I do not drink coffee. So um, I'm one of those people that ha- is, you know, that you hate being behind in a cafe, I think, in a queue, because I like chai, but I don't like powdered chai. So I always ask, how is this guy made? And then if it's, uh, if, if it's the right sort of chai, can I have it with oat milk? Like I'm, I'm kind of one of those pedantic <laughs> one, one of those they, people. <laughs> one of those people. But if they go, oh, no, we only have powdered chai, I go, I'll have a hot chocolate. So that's my yeah. <laughs> my um, my default is a hot chocolate. But, yeah, the, the ritual of having something hot to start the day, like I definitely have to have that. <laughs> How are the cats going, Cal? Oh, Oh my god, we have so many cats. <laughs> How many have you got now? Because the last time I saw you interviewed, you had three. Oh, yeah, we've still got three, but oh, okay. but we had two for a long time, and then we accidentally got a third one. Uh, <laughs> and I've decided that when you add a third cat, it's not plus a cat; it's to the power of a cat. <laughs> so of suddenly, is. our house is just full of cats. Like, yeah. So so Kipper is a kitten. I'm watching her now. She's about to climb up the screen door. Um, she's coming and shaking things up, and our two boys that we've had for ages that, that really don't know what's going on. So it's, it's hours of entertainment, but it's definitely quite chaotic. Yes. <laughs> hey, um, Cal, question without um, notice, but we often ask our guests that uh, if you were having a dinner party and you could invite anybody you like, dead or alive, who would be on your dream dinner guest list? Oh, I reckon Dorothy Parker. Oh. Um, brilliant, yep. brilliant writer, um, and probably, yeah, probably just a whole lot of really funny, witty people. Mm. Um, who would I like to uh, Maybe Oscar Wilde. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. For, and then probably it would be good to have some people who are still alive, so it's not all just, <laughs> <Would be nice. laughs> not just zombies at the table. <laughs> um, um, who else? Oh, who, I'm trying to think. Um Oh, that you, you've really stumped me because there are so many fascinating people around. Who do I love? Um, oh, it's probably people that do my favourite podcast. Mm-hmm. Which um, so? Oh, we'd love to be really... here. Thank you. Oh no, <laughs> yeah. <Yes. laughs> Sorry, I, I was just building up to asking you. I didn't know how to frame it. <laughs> so we've got we've got you two. We've got Oscar Wilde. We've got Dorothy Parker. Um, I think um, the. The host of the show, um, my dad wrote a porno. Oh yes. Have you, li- <laughs> have you listened to Have you listened to this podcast? Uh, yes. I know the one you made, but <laughs> it's incredible. It's 
Yeah, it's um, it's one of the like it, it made me laugh out loud the most, and I really love the rapport between the hosts. So I reckon definitely Alice from that podcast. Um, so I've got people that would make me laugh, and I reckon mm-hmm. maybe um, maybe David Attenborough. Oh yeah, oh, yes, nice. It's a completely different. Um, it's it just a completely different angle, and you could probably serve him some quite interesting food as well. Like you could do like you know, cricket chips or something like you could sort of, um, you know, the whole the whole different kind of cuisine kind of thing that maybe would throw the others off. Yep. Um, I think it's a weird assemblage. So far I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of funny people eating crickets and a naturalist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's maybe a recipe for disaster probably. Some, yeah, some probably, invitation. probably. And then, then maybe um, like a singer just to entertain us. Mm. Um, why not Kylie? Let's have Kylie. For sure. Go. Um, that would make my husband very happy. Right. Um, yeah, I reckon. Oh, and who else? And maybe um, Dizzy. Why not? Let's have let's have a non-human. Well, the bush the kangaroo. Well. Yeah. Are you, yeah. Hang on, are you yeah. inviting Skippy as a guest, or as part oh. of? The, or as yes. the- <laughs> okay. So what we'll do is, if Skippy isn't up for good conversation. <laughs> We'll see how Sticky we go. goes for the entree. I love it. That, is, that has got to be the most original guest list I think we've ever had. Yeah. Skippy I mean, might not make it to the main course, but we'll see how we go. I mean, they'll be there one way or the other. We just don't know what they're for. <laughs> hey, do we see you uh, dabbling, uh, you know, uh, making and baking uh, on on the show when uh, when the show starts? Or you just no, walk, you don't. You, no. You see me sampling is what you'll yes. be. Oh, <laughs> what you'll right. be doing. Um, we Natalie and I trained the bakers very well to leave us little. Uh, we, we were calling them bench scraps, but maybe offerings might be the, the <laughs> best way to frame them. And I, what I love is that I've caught up with a couple of the bakers since we filmed, and they've brought me snacks. Oh, and I love that good. I've trained them. Yes. That when we see each other, they feed me. You're right. This is the best job going on is television. Job. Absolutely. <laughs> Just to finish off, Cal, we normally ask our guests if they have a, a kitchen or a cooking tip to share. Uh, okay, Sarah Wilson gave me this tip. Uh, who was, um, you know, Sarah Wilson? Yeah, she was on uh, Master Chef, yeah. and she's the sugar, no sugar yes. person. Yes, yes. So she gave me this excellent tip that you can cook halloumi in the sandwich press. What really? So you know. Yeah, so you know we usually fry halloumi in a pan. Yes. Because you just put baking paper in a sandwich press and then you slice your halloumi and do it in the sandwich press and that is brilliant. And that is my that is my tip. That, I, that is genius. That is genius. genius. I hadn't heard of that. Genius. Genius. It's genius. It's, it also opened up the sandwich press to a number of other things that I hadn't thought about before, like uh, <laughs> fish fingers for my son when he was little. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, a good idea, too. Chips at a pinch, but, yeah, def- definitely halloumi in a sandwich press. Oh, I love it. That's great. Hey, Cal, <laughs> thanks so much for your time. We appreciate it. Uh, and uh, good luck, uh, Great Australia Bake Off. We'll be watching with great interest. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. <laughs> the Great Australian Bake Off. I can't wait to get stuck in to the Great Australian Bake Off and I'm still laughing my head off at being pelted with chicken drumsticks. 
<laughs> you can I like see. how she got the, the food theme into her comedy. Anybody who's watched Animal House will have, will have, <laughs> have, have been able to uh, sort of uh, have their own movie going in their heads when Animal Carol House. was talking about My that. My grandmother took me to Animal House thinking it was a nice movie about just zoo animals and I remember we walked oh. out of the cinema, I mean, five <laughs> minutes into it. Hey, Grandma, what uh, <laughs> what animals are Belushi? I've never seen one of them before, but it's an animal all right. Uh, yes, the food fight scene in uh, Animal House it was, I think, mm. just recreated Mega. by Cal. Uh, the Great Australian Bake Off on Binge and also on Foxtel. Now, speaking of food. Oh, no, you're not. The food poll and it's popcorn up against but popcorn. That's not food. Oh, I think it is. No, it's not. It's healthy. It's corn. I never liked popcorn. That multicoloured stuff you get in the movie time bag in the bright rainbow colours versus uh. the lollygobble bliss bombs, which in case you've forgotten – it's kind of like the, the caramelly, toffee-coated popcorn. And there is a question that doesn't make it into the poll. It's still available. Yes, it, yes, they are. Mm. You can still buy they are, both are. Lolly Gobble Bliss Oh, bombs. let's see what the people say. Let us okay. start with oh. Channel 10 <laughs> news presenter Stephen Quartermain. What a wasted youth this boy had. He says, <laughs> Lolly Gobble Bliss Bombs were one of my childhood favourites and my dentist's nightmare. It I'm is a big surprised. yes from me. Jimmy Wilson says, look, stop it. Oh. Salted is fine, but the rest are not worth getting fat for. I disagree. Royboy29, no, no good, he says. Sue says, hard choice, but I'll choose the multicoloured sugar hit. That'll be the movie time one. Silvana, I love popcorn. I can't choose. Why can't I have both? Rebecca says both. They don't have anything like this in Thailand. Ah. Terry says, if you really want the best natural popcorn, then this is the one. And he's put in a picture of one that you can get at Woolies. Called he Cops. said the other two are full of sugar. Well, that's no fun, well, Terry. Of course they are. That's the whole idea. Uh, Joe says, uh, LGBB, please. <laughs> Uh, that would be lolly gobble bliss bombs, not some sort of uh, you know political uh, agenda. Michelle Mostert says lolly gobble bliss bombs. Gee, it is a tongue twister that it one, is, isn't yeah. it? Uh, one of my favourites. So there is no competition really. Cindy says zero competition here. Bliss bombs all the way. But be prepared for the stickiness. I just lick my fingers when I'm done. <laughs> or if you're like a teenage son, just wipe it on your tracky decks. That's yeah, what well. you do. Or the uh, car seat. <laughs> Karen says, I only recently had lollygobble bliss bombs. I love them. But it could never pass up coloured popcorn in the Santa sack every year as a special treat. That's, That's where nice. I remember it from. Yeah, yeah. Andy says, I love lollygobble bliss bombs. I remember <laughs> when they first came out, still delicious, although I must learn when to stop. Yeah, you can't. You can't stop at one. That's the problem. Annie says lolly gobble bliss bombs for her. Deborah says yuck, neither. Oh. Tony Bennett says multicoloured. He does. So Daz says, look, not a fan of either really, but if I was forced to choose, I'd pour the bliss bombs down the chute. <laughs> is that a little piggy nostril there? Uh, it is. <laughs> Jamie Duncan says lolly gobble bliss bombs every single time, no contest. Same from Belinda, every day of the week, thank uh, you. Stephen says natural popcorn with butter, which I don't think was an option, but that's okay. What is natural? Is there such a thing? Yeah. Uh, well, the popcorn part is natural. The butter yeah. is quite artificial, I think. Therese says I love both, but bliss bombs are the best. Mm. Mind you, I've noticed they don't have peanuts anymore. Did they have them? I don't know. 
Old croaky, neither of these two. I'll just stick with jubes. Dame Davis <laughs> says bliss bombs all the way. Dr. Sean Ryan, PhD, wow, says yeah. lollygobble bliss bombs taste better, but it's not Christmas without the coloured stuff. And people are remembering having yeah, them in the Christmas that's stockings. That's right, I remember them too. Rachel says lollygobble for sure. Steve. L- actually says lillygobble. Lillygobble. Typo, probably. Anyway. Steve Bastoni, our mate Steve, says the LGBB all the way. And Jason, 72 of Twitter says neither. They're crap and they taste like you're eating cardboard. Oh, well, thank you. Now, the voting. Here we go. The voting's oh, interesting. All oh, right. Yep. Very interesting. The movie time coloured popcorn, 5%. <laughs> Might be the lowest ever, <laughs> oh, <no>. I reckon. <laughs> um, uh, the others, the donkey votes, that's uh, mm. both, neither, jubes. Salted popcorn. Salted butter, popcorn, yep. natural popcorn, uh, you know, uh, whatever, a uh, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody popcorn, uh, 39%. Oh, my gosh. That went even above one of the actual options. <laughs> yes. Yes, the donkey vote was very high. And the lollygobble bliss bombs, uh. I always get to say bombs instead of bombs, uh, 56%. Oh, yes, so, yes. Clear winner. winner clear winner. winner. Yeah, winner. Um, but it's nice to um, to remember the, the coloured popcorn in your, in your Christmas stocking. No, it's not. It tasted – it did taste like cardboard. Mm. I do remember how. You know what? I, at Christmas what time, you get a needle and thread. Um, some mums and grandmas yeah, would thread yeah. them and uh, and hang them yeah, on the Christmas tree. That. They were very festive. Yes. I don't think you could do that with the lollygobble bliss bombs. No, you couldn't because they were sticky for a start. Yes. Um, but uh, that that uh, that coloured yeah. popcorn that put me off popcorn completely. Did I, it really? I, yeah, completely. I, I never like. I'm ugh, a big fan of ugh. movie popcorn. I know it wasn't an and option. And you know what's but, worse? Mm. That uh, multicolour popcorn when it's stale. That is the oh, worst. Yeah. T- that is the – it just – it's like – I know, I it know. Is, it's like wet paper. Um, Go, and it starts to, it starts ugh. to shrink a little bit oh, too, doesn't horrible. it? Oh, it's Whereas horrible. because the lollygobble bliss bombs are fully coated in that lovely caramel. Yeah, they keep that. They keep their caramelly goodness and freshness. Now, thanks to Cal Wilson. Yes. Uh, don't forget to check out the Great Australian Bake Off on Binge mm. and on Foxtel. And next program on the next edition of uh, the Food Bites with Sarah Patterson, John Edward. Oh, this is going to be so interesting, Kevin. What an interesting man he is. Yep. The world-renowned psychic medium. So we get him in the kitchen. with the other side. We're we going do. To find out, we're going to find out uh, some kitchen I don't kitchen think anyone's had him. him in the kitchen yet. And we're going to have find out, uh, obviously, the other things about him as well. So that's uh, looking forward to that. John Edward. On the next Food Bites, we'll see you then. Look forward to seeing you, Kevin. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page for recipes, tips and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier.